Howdy, howdy. Welcome on in to the pre-show for the free show. Wow, it's very weird because you're wearing black. I am a floating head. And so it's like, yeah, you're... you're. The good thing is, is that the chair is gray, so you can tell that I'm not just a floating head. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the pre-show before the free show. I'm your friend Greg. <coughs> That's your friend Ashley. Um, all right? Yes. Okay. No, but yes. Dateline. Oh, goodness. Hang on. <coughs> Dateline! Okay, so it's in Scotland. Oh, well, that was And a Scottish is a terrible, god-awful language, okay? That seems but I've rude. looked up, But I've looked up the pronunciation. Uh, the, it's the, uh, the way it's spelled is G-U-I-S-A-C-H-A-N. G-U-I-S-A-C-H-A-N. Pronounced Kushkin. Kushkin. Doesn't yeah. make any sense because it starts with a G. Kushkin. I mean, Scotland. They are going to say the same thing about Pflugerville. True enough. The headline from the New York Times. Okay. Why did 488 golden retrievers gather in Scotland? How could the, how can you hate on the Scottish when this is the headline? There we go. Aww. Why did 488 <laughs> golden retrievers gather in Scotland? This is amazing. So this is the Gushkin House in Glen Affric in, uh, in Scotland. Home of golf. This is the original breeding ground. This is where the first golden retriever was bred. Oh my gosh, and you were saying that Scottish... No. No, I said the, the language is garbage. No, you don't have... They were bred by an aristocrat, that. Sir Dudley Marjorie Banks. Dudley. Sir Dudley Marjorie Banks, who wanted a gun dog suited to the Scottish Highland terrain. And so about every five years, they have a gathering of the uh, golden retrievers. Look at all these good boys and girls. Look at them. That feels like a very happy place right now. Uh, there in, in, in Gushkin, uh, um, Scotland. Uh, it does, I don't know. My question about this photo, obviously you see some of them on leashes and stuff like that, but what about all these guys in the middle? Like, how are you going to track down your dog? Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, this is, you do not take your dog there without a collar. Yes. Like, you have to have a collar on your dog. Because as much as people want to say, no, that's definitely my dog, with 488 of them, that's a large, That is a large, large gathering. Look with at these a pups. lot of energy. Oh, look, he wore his bow tie. Look at these pups. A lot of pups here. Uh, here are more of them. All the pups that gathered there in, in Scotland. Um, I do like the Golden Retriever. The Golden Retriever seems like a good dog. Yeah, they're the goodest of boys. Good, pu good puppy dog. There's more, and then they did. There was a a, a haggis hurling con competition. Okay, that rules. They're all in kilts. They're standing on a barrel, and they have to hurl haggis, which is uh, uh that's a sheep sheep stomach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that seems cool. Uh, and then look, there's just more pups. Uh, this this does like feel a like a fantastic event. Oh, he's taking a nap. Uh, yes. He got so excited. This was written by who? Who got to write this? Um, this was written by Judith Newman. Do a quick Google search on Judith Newman. She better live in Scotland because if she got to travel there, she's an American journalist and author. Well, yeah, it's for the New York Times. Let me tell you something. 
I don't know. She tweeted, the way that she tweeted it was, for the New York Times, I got to attend Coachella for good boys. <laughs> that rules. Man. That does, in fact, rule. Uh, that why don't we why don't we get to um, why don't we get to do cool things like this? That's the uh, that's the ever like the ever existing question in my head of being more on the news side of things because while she's getting to go or he she she she's she getting to go um, to Scotland to cover this. I guarantee you, like two weeks ago, she was covering some hard hitting you know, like demoralizing news story. Yeah. So it's like, if you're in news, there's a lot of, for every golden retriever story, there's like a murder story, you know, like it's a talk about like a wild, we, we talk about that. We love this business because it's ever changing, but ultimately we're still talking about like along the same lines of stuff. Like this is, that's two totally different. Yeah. The highs are like, yeah. Highs are high. Highs are high. Lows are low. Exactly. So anyway, Shout out That's really cool. to the 488 Golden Retrievers in Scotland who all gathered together. They are the Texas Football Today listeners of the week. Fair. Hit the VMAX bell. Pickle! Hit the arrow sign. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you'll show us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is a Duchess of the Dorks. She is a floating head. She's Mr. Real Five. She's Ashley Pickle. Am I a floating head? You do kind of look like a floating head. A little head. bit. I will say that the monitor, because when we first did this, Mallory was in all black, too, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, God, she really looks like a floating head. That monitor is darker than what people are seeing on the screen, so slightly floating, not fully. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023, 126 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Alexander the Great, of course, the king of Macedonia, military leader, uh, there in modern Greece. Uh, hope he's having a great day, Alexander the Great. Why, why are you looking at me like that? Because uh, we missed a big one yesterday, and this is on me that we should. Oh my uh, God! I have breaking news. We should have announced yesterday was the birthday of our chief broadcast engineer Jesse Wolf. Oh, happy birthday! So happy Jesse. birthday, Jesse. Which Jesse, I believe, is expecting kiddo number two either last night or this morning. Ooh, so I have not heard have from him yet. Yeah, so I think I think I as of last night, unless it was really late, I uh-huh. haven't heard anything. But I think we're about to have um, almost birthday twin dad and little wow. little little girl. So, congratulations, congratulations happy to the birthday, wolves. and congratulations to the wolves. I have terrible breaking news: Alexander the Great has been dead for two thousand three hundred forty-six years. Yes, we know. We want to extend our condolences to his family, um, his immediate 
his immediate loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's episode 1,618, I think, right? Is that what it says? Mm-hmm. Helmets in the way. 1618? Mm-hmm. Awesome. On today's show, folks, we're going to talk a little bit about what the UIL said at the uh, THSDA Coaching School and Convention. Uh, they break broke some news. It's maybe not like earth-shattering news, but it's certainly worth talking about. We'll get into that. And then back half of the show, uh, Matt Stepp caught up with the head coach of the Dallas Kimball Knights, the proud, proud alma mater. Mm-hmm. Of my mom. Correct. Bam Harrison. That's why I chose this one for Miss Gay. We will hear from Bam Harrison uh, from Dallas Kimball coming up here in the back half of the program. Do we have first fourth of the door? We sure do. It was Nick Morton, Zill0678, Andrew Christensen, and I had to flush my pet fish down the toilet. Dot, 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 RIP. Sorry, fishy. Welcome in, friends and dearly b- departed fish. We're getting a little silly with us, guys. And this is a serious. F- Television. This is a serious right, podcast. yeah, we we just ooze seriousness. We we like to keep things pretty level around here, and so if you guys could take this seriously, we would appreciate it. Never had a bit in our life. Thank you, thank you for for keeping things on the up and up. Okay, pickle, it's time to talk about what the UIL said. So every year at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention, one of the big reasons we go down there is just to talk with coaches, just to say hi, to hang out. To, uh, to see if they sell alcohol in that particular city. Uh, have a good time, right? But there is a little bit of business that goes on. One of them is, uh, for, uh, one of them is the, the THSCA has their annual general meeting mm-hmm. where they discuss a lot of topics and then elect a new president. Congratulations again to Dickinson Johnson Nelson, the new THSCA president-elect. But another thing, another newsworthy thing that comes out, you know, you got press conferences from a variety of different coaches, Across the, across the state, uh, I believe every call, every FBS coach is allowed a press conference, but there is also a press conference from the UIL, and they don't do this very often. In fact, this is the only press conference that they do all year. Now, that doesn't mean that there's no press availability. If you need a question if answered and you need a quote, you can usually call the UIL, and you can usually get their take on something. They'll every now and then have like another press conference, but it's always if something like drastic changes. Yes. It's never for not a special session press this conference is, let's is put what I would way. say. Yeah, this is the only scheduled press yes. conference of the year. Yes. And what made this one particularly interesting, something we were all excited to see, is that there would be a new, new person, a couple new people at the podium. <laughs> one of them. Uh, and, and a couple new people, but most notably the new athletic director of the UIL, Dr. Ray, or Ray Zepeda. Ray Zepeda, of course, moving from Cypher ISD over to become the athletic director of the UIL. This was his first UIL press conference. Mm-hmm. He got introduced, and then you had the normal, uh, the, the people, I say normal, people we've grown accustomed to seeing up there. Dr. Charles Brightup, the executive director of the of the UIL, as well as, the, um, as, well as Dr. Jamie Harrison, who is the deputy director of the UIL. And there's always... It seems like every year, again, because I think because they don't schedule a lot of press conferences, mm-hmm. there's always some news and notes. And because it's an opportunity for a wide range of people to ask questions, mm-hmm. including our own people, um, we get some interesting news to come out of the UIL press conference. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it's really cool, too, because it gives like the opportunity for people all across the state to chime in and yes. ask the questions. The biggest news, probably the headline, and if you go to TexasFootball.com, our headline, is that the UIL confirmed that the next two years of state championship games, 2023 and 2024, for football, will be played at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Mm 
this does not strike me as a particular surprise. Mm-mm. They do seem to be on essentially like a two-year rolling renewing contract there with the UIL. Um, you may remember that since they went to the single-site state championship games, it has been at AT&T Stadium every year since, except for 2015, when there was a scheduling conflict with the Dallas Cowboys, and they moved the games to NRG Stadium in Houston. There's been long debates as to where the championship game should be played. Um, the UIL, I will just say this. The UIL tends to listen to its members. Mm-hmm. And if... And, and if the majority of coaches and superintendents and athletic directors wanted the game somewhere else, they would move them. They'd be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm confident in. Yep. And we've done some polling and, and, and we've done some polling kind of for our own purposes of coaches across the state and almost all like the majority of them, mm-hmm. a majority, not a plurality, a majority. Mm-hmm want the games at AT&T Stadium. Well, and I think that they're, and you could, we can editorialize this in every way possible, but I think that in my mind, the thing that makes the most sense and the reason that I think that a majority of coaches that we have polled, that we have spoken to, that like it at AT&T, there's either two different reasons. It's one, if you do the math of the state champion, the people that have played in the state championships the past I mean, three to four years since it's been at AT AT&T Stadium, that really is the most central location. So that's mathematically one. But it is it is the closest is the closest location to the most number of UIL schools. That is a fact. Um, Secondly, anybody that is really far out, it seems like from the people that I have talked to, which is not all fifteen hundred coaches across the state plus some, um, but. If they even if they are super far away, they recognize how cool it is for their students to get to go play at a facility that looks like AT and T Stadium. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But I think even like the ones that are super far out there geographically speaking, they're like, yeah, we don't mind making the trip because think about what this means yes. from a small school perspective to walk into AT and T Stadium and go, oh my god, we're right. playing here. It is not unanimous, to be clear. No, but absolutely not. The majority of majority. coaches that we talk to. Say they want the games at AT&T Stadium, the UIL is listened. So the next two years, the uh, state championship games were, will be at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Also, this is upcoming a realignment year. 2024, February 2024, the new districts and regions and classifications will be drawn by the UIL. And Dr. Harrison and Ray Zepeda confirmed that Class 7A is not coming in 2024. This was something we've talked about that we, we've we've hinted at, mm-hmm. um, that 7A is at least another alignment away. There are discussions about adding a third division in Class 6A and 5A, but all that is to say the 2024 UIL realignment should have no major structural changes. It should look a lot like the last one's, and just be kind of reshuffling the teams, moving them up and down and moving them around, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that makes realignment difficult every year is, and it's it's because all we think about with Class 7A, what you're thinking about is, why should a team with 7,000 pl- students be playing a team with 2,000 students? Correct. And that is a reasonable concern. Yes. Absolutely. The concern is not at the top. The concern is at the middle. Yep. Because... Class 4A is really where you run into trouble because you're going to start to squeeze 4A. You're not going to have enough teams that kind of fit into that mold, right? And the ratio of largest and smallest schools in 4A is really hard to get a handle on. 
Because yep. right now that is the, like, aside from 7A which has or 6A, which has no cap, mm-hmm. 4A is the one with the widest swath. I'm, I'm ballparking here, so excuse me, I don't have the, the, the numbers in front of me. But it goes from about <laughs> a little more than 1,000 students mm-hmm. down to, like, 400 students. Mm-hmm. And if you were to add a 7A you're only going to need to stretch that to get enough teams in there. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. The I problem can, is not, not that you don't have enough 6A teams. The problem is you don't have enough 4A teams. Right, and I can tell you that, I mean, from my perspective growing up in Lano, we were always 3A, and so because of where we were at geographically, we had to play quite a few different teams that were closer to the Austin area that were three people shy of the number. We were three people over the number, and when you start doubling anywhere from 400 to 500 kids, that makes a ridiculous difference. Yes. Yes, I mean, it does. unbelievable it's a difference. Huge difference in every sport not just football we also only usually talk about it being football it makes a total difference when it comes to other sports as well elsewhere in the uil press conference at thsca um the uil expressed some concerns about the increased number of player and spectator ejections in the last five years and they drew a straight line between that and the official shortage yeah maybe like something we've been talking about on this program seems to correlate just saying be nice anyway um, they have somebody asked about home field advantage for four A and below. You may remember that in the first round of the playoffs for six A and five A, the top seeded team can opt to have home field advantage. They get the right to refuse home field advantage. They can have and almost all of them take it. Right, they get first home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Um, right now the UIL said that uh, they are looking at it and they've talked about it, but there's not a consensus in favor of it. But it's on their it's on their radar. So that could be something that maybe we see again 2024 maybe, 2025, but not for 2023. It's not something they're looking at imminently. And finally, the other thing that I think is interesting is that they were asked about a state semifinal rotation. Mm -hmm. So, Pickle, you went to Lano High School. I did. Lano High School played in the state semifinal a couple years ago, right? They did for the first time. Played in the state semifinal. They were the champions of Region 4. Correct. Correct? Yep. 3A, Region 4. They played the winner of Region 3. Correct. Which was Hallettsville. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they got Jonathan Brooks. They got Jonathan Brooks. That's <laughs> happened to a lot of teams. It's okay. I like Jonathan Brooks. <laughs> the way that, that, the, way that the, the playoff structure is, is put together is every year the champion of Region 1 plays the champion of Region 2 in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. And the champion of Region 3 plays the champion of Region 4 in the semifinal. That is how you get Gunner versus Canadian a million times. Yes. That's how it happens. And to, to also editorialize that, we almost always say that the winner of that game is the favorite heading into the state Absolutely. championship. The reason you get... Just you, how it because, is. Because you get the champion of Region 1, which has been Canadian, yep. more often than not, and you get the champion of Region 2, which has been Gunner, more often than not. Mm-hmm. They play each other in the semifinal. There is a... There is a there is talk about rotating the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So maybe one year it would be one versus three mm-hmm. and two versus four. Because there's no real, I mean, aside from some travel concerns. Right. But once you get to that, these teams are going to be far apart anyway. Yeah, most of the time. Most yes. of the time. Like, Hallettsville and Atlanta are not I'm trying to picture that. I mean, they're... It would be farther if 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 Jim if Lano had to play Jim Ned, yes. right? But it's already going to be a bit of a haul. Mm-hmm. 
to play against Yeah, Knoxville. the biggest concern there is if, like, one had to play four and you're talking, like, yeah. a panhandle team having to play an RGV team. Like, that's when the but travel gets But you would also, difficult. you're right, but you would also be beating in the middle. To, yeah, yeah, you'd exactly. You'd in the middle for a semifinal, right? Um, there has been talk about rotating it. Maybe it's one versus four or two versus two versus four or something like that. Yeah. There is talk about it, but they said that there is not enough schools right now in favor of changing it to adjust it right now. That makes sense. I'm sure, yeah. Because uh, it does stink when, and, and we've always said that, it does stink when you get the two favorites playing each yes. other in the state champion, or in the state semifinal game because you just feel bad for them. It's like, man, these are the two best teams in this classification. They probably should be playing in a state championship. But I also see why it's like, yeah, but that's because there's structure to it. Right. So, um, I, uh, this is me editorializing. Based on what the UIL said, I think sometime in the next six years, we will see, this is, I think, I think sometime in the next six years, we will see a major adjustment to the classification structure. Maybe it's a third division in 6A and 5A. Maybe it's class 7A. Whatever it is, I do think we will see an additional, a change structurally to that. I do think we'll see that. I think sometime in the next two years, we will see home field advantage for 4A and below in the first round of the playoffs. I think that feels more imminent. And I would say probably on that same timeline of the structural change, I think by the time, in, sometime in the next six years, I think sometime by the time this this decade is out, I think we will see semifinal rotation. Yeah. Those three particular issues, I think, are the biggest ones. That's what I think the timeline is for those. Well, and I also think that those three are the ones that make the most sense to change. There are always ideas that are thrown out there that just, it's like, yeah, from the surface level, they make sense to change them. But you dig down even just one level deeper, and you realize all of the chaos that that ensues for the entirety yes. of it. And I think that that's where people get in these riot fits about what the UIL does, it's like, guys, you have to think about the everyone. They're the governing yeah. body. It's not just your specific team or your specific classification or division or any of that. Everything they do has ripples. Yeah. Like big, wide-ranging, statewide football. ripples. Yeah. And they have to be cognizant of that. Um, so, yeah. That's what the UIL said at the press conference at the THSEA Coaching School and Convention. Um, Largely no news, but I do think that obviously it's worth it's worth updating those big topics that we're going to see. And those are kind of the questions we'll ask every single year at the THSEA Coaching School Convention. So there you have it. We're Texas Football tonight. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Please do that. That'll be fun for me. Now, a word from these goods and services. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs 
in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, while we were down at the THSA Coaching School and Convention in Houston, we caught up with uh, dozens of coaches. Mm-hmm. One of them, Matt Stepp, sat down with the head coach of the Dallas Kimball Knights, Bam Harrison, his name's Brandon, but why would you call him Brandon if his nickname is Bam? Correct. Uh, coming off of a 4-7 and seven year in his first season at the helm of the Knights, here's Matt Stepp's conversation with Bam Harrison at Dallas Kimball here on Texas Football Today. Dave Campbell's Texas Football back here at the 2023 Texas High School Coaches Association and Convention. Here with the head coach of the Kimball Knights, Coach Bam Harrison. Coach, appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat What's with going us. What's on, Matt? Good to see you. Good to Good see to you. Good to see you, too. I think, I think this is this our first interview since you became a head coach? First I think interview. Time. We yes. talk all the time, but I haven't, we haven't done yes, an interview yet. First so. time, man. So, first off, well, welcome to coaching school. The season yes, is here, right? When you, yes. when you come here, it's kind of like you know, time to go. you know the season is ready to, yes. ready to go, right? Yes, sir. Uh, when you walk around, this isn't your first rodeo in here. You've been here for a little while. Um, it seems like it gets bigger and bigger every year. There's more vendors, and they, they do more stuff. And it, it's just more – it's a huge event now, isn't it? It is. I mean, everybody is it's, – it's a social uh, atmosphere. Everybody just loves to see their friends. And you get to see people you had not seen all year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, get to visit the vendors. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you wish that? Do you wish DISD would give you a blank checkbook and say, "Coach, go ahead and have at it." How, how at, happy at would you this, be? At, during this time, I'm looking at those helmets and these balls. It, it'll be great to get a blank check to just go just, get whatever just some you those, need. Some those those fancy new weights for the weight room oh, and everything. Yeah, all of that. Well, yeah. you know, we're about to get a new weight room at Kimball. So. Okay, okay. How, oh, so yeah. have, you, have you been involved in the planning and the process of that? I a little have, bit? and um, we're just waiting to um, get the bond money. It's supposed to start in uh, twenty twenty. So it'll be done 2025. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. but, you know, most of the stuff, they're redoing Sprague for um, for us. They're going to rede- uh, redesign the locker room and make it more Kimball, get more Kimball attire and stuff in more there. Kimball, so, so it feels like a home field for y'all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, now, first off, Coach, last year was your first year there at Kimball, and, and I know anytime you're, you're, you're a first-year head coach and you're, you're coming in, and obviously you're a Kimball alum, so it, it means a lot to you to be to be right. there at Kimball. But you're still, you know, you're drinking from a fire hose. You're, you're, you're hiring coaches. You're getting to know people in the building and yes. all, all the important players. Because you got you got to know those things. You got to know who the important power players are in the building and know which which classes and which teachers the, the kids are, are in. And <laughs> everything that to, that you're managing. Right. People think it's just about football. There's mm-hmm. a lot of building management and things you have to get done. So you you got a lot going on. How much more? Uh, how much more have you been able to get done this off season because you're settled in and you, you kind of got the lay of the land now? I think right now I'm I'm not I'm not I don't feel like I'm drowning. June June last year I felt like I was drowning. I was just trying to keep my head above water. Now I'm able to to everything has slowed down for me. I have an amazing assistant athletic coordinator, Kamisha Jeffries, and um, she helps me out a lot with a lot of paperwork and that type of stuff, so I can have my hands in everything. But 
Um, I, I feel a whole lot better than I did this time last year. What was the focus for you guys this offseason? Like, what did you want to get accomplished with your kids? Was it, was it being more physical? Was it was it expanding the playbook? Was it getting in the weight room? What or, or was it all the above? It was all the above. We wanted to, to concentrate on the details of, of small details because last year we didn't know how to finish. We lost three games at the end of the in, at the end of the game because we didn't know how to finish. We had a lot of young kids and um, they just didn't know how to finish. They were they was used to giving up once they saw that they wanted they didn't have a chance. Now we, we concentrate on the details. Now I can I can see the, the culture changing and the kids have a little bit more fight in them. Well, you've been around some great programs, state championship programs. Mm-hmm. You've been around, you've been in the college game. You've been around great programs in the college game. Is the biggest – how much of a is – it, is it just about little things, really, to, to difference between being good and great? Is it just it's, – it's details, right? I think it's, it's, it's very, very small details. Uh, when, when I went to TCU, I found out football is football. Mm-hmm. But all of the, the small things that we did as far as travel, as far as the academic piece, anything that – the nutrition, it was just small things like that that helped – TCU get to the national championship this year. Yeah, and and, and those and you can take. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you wish you had TCU's budget, but you, you, <laughs> but you do you try to implement some of those? You know, you know having itineraries for away games, having a, pra- a set practice schedule at at five o'clock. We're going to do this at five o five. We're doing this, and, and having that organizational because you can be more efficient, right? Yes, I'm gonna say this. The the, the 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 best thing I took from TCU is the logistics that all of the travel, uh, like you say, the practice plans, traveling. Those things like that I took away from TCU. And also, like Todd Peterman taught us a lot about scheduling and that type of thing. So I took a lot from him, took a lot from Coach Mathis, took a lot from Coach Ross. And I'm just putting it in the pot, just using it all. That, you're that you're always a reflection of the guy. You, you, you're kind of a, a, a kaleidoscope of the different guys that exactly. you work. You always take a little bit here and a little bit exactly. there. When we look at your ball club in 2023, I, I think uh, obviously – you got experience back now. You're not. You, you were an incredibly young football team last yes. year. You're more. You're still young. Yes. But you're. You got young with experience yes. now. Yes. So. So on paper, what do you? If the Kimball Knights are going to be successful, what are you guys going to hang your hats on? I think we're going to have to block and tackle. Just. Just simple as blocking and tackling. We had a lot of uh, explosive plays because we weren't tackling. So I think we concentrated on that during the spring, tackling, tackling, and blocking. And I think we've gotten a whole lot better at that. Okay, okay. And then uh, I talked to Coach Fish about this. I want to ask you about it. Obviously, we know South Oak Cliff. Yes. They're, they're the standard in the district. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back state champs for a reason. But I think people people forget and don't realize that behind them, I think there is the brand of football in Dallas ISD has improved. Obviously, Woodrow had a great year last year and gave right. South Oak Cliff a good game. Right. But you guys and Seagaville, I think mm-hmm. Spruce is going to be better. Yes. Conrad's going to be better. Yes. Uh, Hillcrest is always solid. Mm-hmm. It's a good – that every a lot of te- the, the the depth in, in your district has really improved. Hasn't it has. It? I think what we all need to concentrate on is the, it's the stigma of soccer's here and everybody else and everybody else loses in the first round. I think all of us as as a group need to get out of that first round and change the the, the mindset of of DISD football. I mean, it's it's a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players. We just have to put it together and get out of that first round of playoffs. 
and, 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 and start to build like Sock did. They're, they're the standard. Yeah. And, you know, you have to look at them and say, look, what are they doing? And try to duplicate some of that stuff also. But, I mean, but I mean, because they're the standards, I think, I think they've raised the game of everybody else. Oh, yes, yeah, they have. Because you, you guys got to be ready to go because nobody wants to get beat by 50 or nobody 60. Nobody wants that at so, all. So and, you want to come out there and beat them. So, so and, and, I know you cheer for them in the playoffs when you're not yes. in the playoffs, but you want to beat them when you're playing them, right? We, and, and that's just – that. I wouldn't be a coach if I say I want from the beat sock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna tell my kids, I'm, and I believe we're gonna be sucked. You're a competitive guy. You wouldn't I'm be a in competitive this guy, you exactly. So and I don't think they would expect anything less, right? They, they wouldn't, wouldn't expect e- anything yeah. less. And I'm, uh, our kids gonna get up, give them a best shot. Everybody we play, and uh, we're gonna start off with West Mesquite, August okay. 25th. And then uh, non-district after after West Mesquite, who do you have? Uh, Carter, uh, Fort Worth, Pascal, and Arlington, Sam Houston. Okay, okay. And, yeah. then, and then you roll in the district. So we roll in the or district. Or your, your zone play, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. Well, coach, we'll let you get to it. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you so uh, much. Man. Uh, good to see you last night as well, and uh, right. hopefully we'll see you uh, later later on this evening out, out and about. All right. There is Bam Harrison, head coach of the Dallas Kimball Knights. Joining Matt Stepp at the 2023 Texas High School Coaches Association Coaching School and Convention in Houston. We sure appreciate his time. Now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, if you like those interviews from Coaching School, I just I want do. to uh, put, uh, Well, good. Thanks. I didn't do them. Um, but you can go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash TF. We will have all of the Coaching School interviews that we got uh, from... Tepper, Step, and Gavin Moritz posted on our YouTube page. So and, go check and those out. Corey and Hoke. Corey Hoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey Hoke has a ton of really, really good uh, got conversations with non-FBS head coaches. Yeah. Um, but Corey knows those guys like brothers, and it's really it's, fun to listen to him talk to coaches like that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So You can tell. Um, go check it out. So check that out. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Dave Campbell's TF. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Dallas Campbell head coach Bam Harrison for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please go get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.